Hello, friends. This is your friend Kent C. Dodds, and I am joined by my friend Sarah Vieira. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, everyone. So Sarah's coming at us from Portugal. Super excited to chat with her. Uh, she is a fabulous person to interact with. Um, whether actually, have we we haven't met in person, have we? No, I was at JS Heroes. The only time you came to Europe. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. I I did come to Europe. Uh, I actually it was Amsterdam again. Um, like four years ago for an angular js conference that was cool um but yeah so i've only been to europe twice um but anyway um hopefully one day we'll we'll meet yeah. in person but um interacting online has been a pleasure uh, and so i'm excited to chat with you today i um one of the things that i really like about sarah is how um she is very like down to earth and practical and um not willing to put up with um, fake people, I guess, um, just really, um, I don't know, uh, really in, enjoyable and, and, uh, yeah, down to earth, I guess is a, a way to say that. So anyway, Sarah, I'd like you to introduce yourself a little bit for people who don't know you. Um, you don't have to tell us all about your, uh, developer career. If you don't want to, you can give us a little more, um, who you are as a person who you see yourself as. So can you give us a little intro to yourself? Sure. So my name is Sarah, uh, as you said, I am a developer at Code Sandbox. I live in Berlin for the past six months. I come from Portugal. Uh, there's only 10 million of us, so we got to enjoy every single one of us that we have. Yeah. What are those weird people that when we meet someone else from Portugal on the street, we're like, oh my God, oh my God. It's like, <laughs> there's, like, there's like 10 of us. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, <laughs> Um, cool. As if for personal stuff, I am really into horrible movies. I really <laughs> like them for some for godforsaken reason. I think it's because I've always liked the horror and thriller movies, but most of them are crap. So I've watched so many crap movies that now mm. I actually enjoy them because of trying to watch good like thriller movies. Uh, I also play drums, and I I don't know. And that's uh, awesome. I'm, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well all cool stuff uh so how long have you been into the drums is that like a recent thing or have you always been into drums uh, actually i started learning when i was about i think i was 16 uh hmm. then when i moved to london about two years ago i stopped and then bought a drum kit when i settled back here again i yeah i started learning when i was 16 i remember that i had to uh, because my mom didn't, was like, that's not a girl thing. Only boys play drums. And she was like, you have to tell me three girl drum players. And mm -hmm. uh, to this day, do you remember Mika, that, that songwriter? Was, that uh, sound, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so like his songs were not really my style, but his drummer was a girl. So to this day, I thank Mika because he was the third. <laughs> and my mom <laughs> allowed me to play the drums. <laughs> You you could have just said, you know what, mom, I will be the third. And <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work for her. No, no. Because I was I was already in football and stuff like that, and she was just like, You're going down a slippery slope there, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you uh you do what you want. And I'm um I, I find that it's actually interesting, like lots of developers have some connection to music. Um and there's there's gotta be something there between music and, and software programming. Um, because yeah, lots of people that I talk to have some, um, like tangential connection to, to creating music, which is cool. Yeah. I've actually heard a lot of people that say that developers are usually just failed musicians. <laughs> Jason Langsdorf, right. the developer advocate for Gatsby actually had an emo mm. band back 
back in the day, <laughs> which is honestly not that bad. That does not I surprise me at all. It, at all, but you you need to look at this. I forgot the name. Uh, I will look it up on Spotify as I speak. But That's awesome. uh, and I have a friend of mine who used to be a hip hop ar- artist. She spoke at React Amsterdam even. Elizabeth. She used to. She was actually signed by Sony or something. She actually yeah, used yeah. to be like. She she performed on stage at React Amsterdam. Her talk was awesome. It was very very cool. She did like this uh, freestyle thing. It was very cool. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't um, Portu- it was it wasn't cool. in Portuguese. I think it was right. Was it in mm-hmm. English? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Portuguese. Um, yeah. So it was pretty cool. Um, cool. So I I'm excited to chat with you about a couple of things we we talked about in um, before the show started. What we want to kind of communicate to the audience. Um, and, um, one of those things that we kind of talked about a little bit was how easy it is to build software, like so easy. Like, I don't know why people have a hard time and complain. Uh, is, is that accurate, Sarah? Yes. I feel like you just really just need to install create react app (laughs) (laughs) and everything is fixed for you. I think we, I think this is mostly the people who grew up in harder times of software who now are, they can't, for their sake, they can't understand that things may be hard for other people. Mm-hmm. And so we, we get a lot of people being like, you should just use Gatsby. It's super easy to do things with Gatsby. But it's not. Like, it, it is easy if you have experience with React and GraphQL and um, really like configs. And it's just <laughs> a bunch of stuff that you need to, to know beforehand, before Gatsby mm-hmm. is easy. And I feel like there's this huge problem in like, at least the front end community. I'm not sure about the rest of the communities where we diminish things and like we take the, the accomplishment out of learning something of people because that thing was ever always mm. supposed to be easy. So people aren't actually as proud as they used to be to actually learn something because people are like, oh, you only learn this now. Oh, I've known this for three mm. years. I'm like, okay, cool. That's cool for you. Can you shut up now? That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you stop being? Yeah. For Damn real. it. I, I was like, I, I was totally... trying to look for a word, but I couldn't find any that wasn't a curse word, Kent. Oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I I totally agree with you. I, I think that it's um like especially for these people who who were in uh, working in software when things were legitimately like quite hard. I think that it's um, pretty, I guess, easy for them to to think that, oh wow, like we've got it so easy now. Can you imagine like implementing code splitting before Webpack? Like, are you kidding me? Um, but like, it's it's not easy to learn software at all. Like from from the very beginning, um, you have a, a lot of things uh, and and knowledge that you have to accumulate before you even know what. Uh, could, could even have code splitting explained to you effectively um, uh, as just as an, an example. So, um, and, and I love what you said about how like calling something easy kind of diminishes people's accomplishment at learning something new, which um, is not a nice thing. And it also, it, it um, um, demotivates people from uh, learning the things that they want to learn. So I, I appreciate uh, that you shared that. There's also uh, one thing that you said about code splitting actually made me think that sometimes the analogies that people make don't really make a lot of sense because 
someone can come to us and be like, oh, imagine how hard it would be to implement code splitting 10 years ago. And you'd be like, you would only have jQuery 10 years ago. You would not need <laughs> yeah. code splitting. Your entire app would have been PHP or Java. It would not have been <laughs> JavaScript. I mean, you could have tried, but there was no point to it. But it's so much easier now. It just exists now because of necessity. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and I feel like that is... I, I like I've worried through the jQuery slums and I honestly to this day I love jQuery because when jQuery said he would do something he would just do it it wouldn't lie to me it wouldn't be it wouldn't be weird about things you would slide down and the thing would slide down and that would be it you would install a plugin and it would work sometimes um but I think the main issue is just that is that we make assumptions that are not good and we also sometimes make assumptions, for example, that if you know React, you know Redux, which is just an example, but it's very, they're very coupled together. And I, if you put me in front of a Redux app right now, I haven't touched Redux in a long time. I won't know it, probably. I won't know how to use that. Mm. And we should just try and see where people people have limitations or don't have limitations instead of sometimes assuming that if you know one thing, you will probably know the other. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's something to be said, too, for um, like uh, sometimes people will say, hey, I, I released this new library and it's super easy to use um, when what what they mean instead of easy is actually familiar. Um, and, and so maybe it's easy for you because you've used libraries like this in the past. Um, but it's not easy for me because I know nothing about observables or generators or whatever it is um, that that this thing is. And so, like, no, it's not easy. It's just familiar. Yeah. One of the one of the examples that I have is that I have never done a lot of animations that have not been with CSS. And now I'm doing mm. the animation for the new front for the new homepage of Code Sandbox, and I'm Woo. using GSAP. Yay! Uh, and GSAP is supposed to be the easiest one, and I'm still staring at my computer like, what the hell am I doing? I have no idea mm -hmm. what's going on. It doesn't mean that that one is hard, but I don't know any other one. So to me, it's all new. And I'm just like, what? what? Mm -hmm. I do yeah, not understand animations. what this means. Yeah, for real, animations for me is like something that's way like I really struggle with. So oh, um, yeah. good luck with that. <laughs> Where is Sarah Drasner when we need Sarah Drasner? <laughs> yeah, for real. Like she just made her new uh, her new. Um, website and that animation on the homepage. I think it's sarah.dev. Yeah, like for real. And it is outrageously cool. Um, Let me see that. I haven't she's seen an that. Amazing person. Um, and her, um, yeah, her animations there are just out of this world. Very cool. See, I don't, I don't, I would not, I didn't, I, if, I don't even know how to start with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those uh, things that i'm like that looks so cool if i were to do this i would do it i don't know how <laughs> yeah yeah it's, is this actual it's, text oh my god if you uh, oh my god this is so cool if you if you, yeah i have no idea no. you hover over it and it like blasts out it's it's outrageously cool so yeah like um and for Sarah, like that, I'm I'm gonna guess that for Sarah, that that took a fair amount of time, and that, I'll I'll just say that because it makes me feel better. But um, she's been doing this for a long time, um, and so I imagine that like it was uh, relatively easy. Like if I were to try that, it'd be impossible. But I think that if I put as much, actually, this um, this uh, kind of works for me as an analogy. Like I, I remember hearing the story of this really famous uh, piano player 
who was just like super, super good, um, been playing, you know, uh, traveling and stuff. And somebody came to them and said, you know, what? I would give like my life, like 10 years of my life or, or 20 years of my life to play as good as you play at the piano. And the piano player said, well, I did uh, do that. I did give 20 years of my life so that I could be good at this. And I, I think that's um, the same for like lots of um, lots of people are really good at things is they just put in the time. Uh, and so like whether for musicians, they're practicing a lot for software developers who are really like build awesome animations or are able to uh, create really cool APIs or whatever it is. Um, it's because they've just they've done it a lot. Uh, I don't think that there's any uh, anybody who just gets a special gene and they magically are super good at software development. I, yeah. I think everybody has to put in the time I, and build stuff. I don't think there's a talent for software development. I feel like most of it is like, if you ask me to do something simple, I'm doing quotes, but there's no video in the podcast, like mm -hmm. a, a simple React app, I could maybe take 30 minutes. And that's not because I have a talent, because I have made a lot of React apps. And if you tell me you need to make this Angular mm -hmm. app, I would probably take the same app. I would take like three hours because I've never used it because I put a long time on trying to learn the APIs of React and not a long time into learning the APIs of Angular. I think Vue would stand right there mm. in the middle. It took me like an hour. <laughs> uh, this also reminds me of a thing, which is uh, that you hire like an electrician to come to your house or something because something is broken and they charge you like $100 to fix, um, to just unplug a cable or something. And you ask them, why are you changing me $100 mm. to unplug a cable? And they're like, okay, so $5 is for the cable and 95 is for all the time that I had to spend to know which cable to unplug. And I feel like it's mm -hmm. the exact same thing. I yeah. think most of the biggest issues that I fixed over my life in code have been one line of code. <laughs> <laughs> one line of code makes everything work. And it's not, it's not a talent. It's just staring at a lot of computers for a long time. Yeah, for real. I, I think um, there is really no shortcut to experience. It just comes naturally as as you, um, yeah, as you work on it a lot. Um, and I, that's, uh, uh, that actually, your electrician um, story kind of reminds me of my talk at React Amsterdam. Um, I told a story about um, how um, we had a faucet that was not working properly. Like the head would come out of the neck so that you could like direct the water where you want it to go. And then it would automatically go back into the head. You just like, oh, it goes back into the head. Well, it stops going back into the head automatically. And that was super annoying. You had to like <laughs> help it go back up. And um, we called a, a plumber because this was a brand new faucet. We'd never had this faucet before. We called a plumber and, and uh, they were going to come. And the day that they were going to come, I was like, why is this not working? So I, I looked under the under the hood and there's this... Um, a hose that goes, you know, from the neck into like, you know, our plumbing, whatever. And the hose has a weight on it. And that weight pulls the, mm. the head back into the neck. And it was the hose was just twisted up. And so the weight couldn't pull it down. And so I just untwisted it. And then boom, everything's working again. And I saved myself like 50 bucks or something and, and like a crazy amount of embarrassment because it was really easy to fix. Um, but that, the reason I bring that up is because I think um, the things that we look at and we we think they are really hard. Um, yes, it might take you a lot of time and, and some patience to get into it. But um, when when you dig into it and, and take the time, you find out that it's not magic. It's uh, just code. 
And when you dive into it and, and start to, un, um, to uh, work with the abstractions that you're using, um, then it becomes more natural to you and it, and it becomes familiar. Uh, and so you're able to use those, those kinds of abstractions more effectively. That was, I think, literally what happened to me when I started working on Code Sandbox, as in to me, it was completely magic. Mm. It was like the, the Visual Studio Code part is still magic to me. <laughs> but all of the fact that that app entirely existed was magic. And then I started mm. looking at it and it was just like, oh, it's just one big eval. Everything is a form. And that's about it. And it's just a bunch of state, like every single app, but it's just bigger. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we look behind the magic. Yeah. So um, what, one of the things that I um, like about kind of where our conversation has gone is um, how like building things is, is where you're going to get that experience, like taking the time to dig into Code Sandbox or, or you know, uh, spending the time so yeah. that you know what the one line of code uh, change needs to be. Um, and you, you build a lot of really interesting things, um, kind of just for fun as well as like, you know, now you're working on code sandbox, a legit app that has changed my life in wonderful ways. Um, so like not everybody can, can just wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I want to build code sandbox. Um, the lo lots of the things that we get lots of pleasure and, and value out of, um, uh, are these kind of silly apps that we can build. Um, or simple things that we can uh, create to make our lives a little easier. Uh, so one question that I get a lot, because I, I tell people, you know, build things, that's how you get your experience a lot. But I always get this question, how do I know what to build? And so uh, as a purveyor of um, building th many things, Sarah, what, what advice would you give to people who um, want to just build stuff, but they don't like they, they have a hard time finding ideas of what to build? One of the things that I used a lot was this public list by Todd Motto, the, our Angular guide. He has a list of public APIs, which most of them don't actually require authentication. And a good thing is that you will get to, if you just type public APIs GitHub, I think it'll be the first one that shows up. It's a huge list of public APIs. Most of them don't require authentication. And the good thing about this is that you'll get experience with async JavaScript, which let's be honest, most JavaScript will continue to go into the direction of being async. So it's good that you get experience with that. And mm -hmm. you also build something. And there's always mm -hmm. one thing that I realized, there's always some little thing that annoys you about something, about just general life that you can probably fix mm -hmm. in a weekend. Also, build small things. One thing that before mm -hmm. I started really making a lot of stuff, I would actually start making a lot of stuff, but I would never finish it. So I told myself that I only build things that would take a max of a weekend not including nights. So it would be a max of like 10 mm. to 12 hours. So that way I could sit down and mm. build the thing and get it, get it done with instead of trying to build a huge thing then never actually getting it accomplished. So I actually learned a lot by just making small things. Also just things that, for example, a really random thing about Portugal that is actually always doesn't make it. And I'll, I will tell you the thing and it'll be like, that doesn't make any sense. And I'll be like, yes. So the Uber <laughs> website is blocked. <laughs> The app is not, but the website is. <laughs> and Uber is legal. So there is Uber. It's completely legal, but the app is not blocked. But on Vodafone, which is a very common operator in Europe, the website is blocked, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, but the thing is, huh. this was last year when I still lived in yeah. This is still blocked. If I try to access it on my mobile data, it still doesn't work. 
Um, but uh, last year when I traveled a lot, I kept searching if there's Uber somewhere and I couldn't check the website because it was blocked, which was just very frustrating. So once I went to, I don't even know where, I crawled the entire Uber website and I downloaded a JSON file and put it on the internet and made a website called, is there Uber in? And then you type a city and it will tell you if there's Uber in that city without having to go to the API of, they have no API for this, without having to go to Uber because I couldn't do it <laughs> because the Uber website was blocked. <laughs> so now it also has like Cabify and Lyft and a lot of others. But also that's how I learned how to scrape websites. Hmm. So that's good. Yeah. And like, there's also always small mm -hmm. things that you can go around it. I mean, don't break the law. In this case, I'm not accessing the Uber website. In this case, it's also stupid. But mm -hmm. like, don't find a way to watch illegal TV shows. <laughs> uh, but if there's something that you're like, I could fix this with just two hours, try and fix that because you will get a way huger boost out of doing that because it will also help yourself. And then just... Tell some friends, try to make it better over time, mm -hmm. post it on Product Hunt. And weirdly enough, you don't have to have a huge app to post on Product Hunt. That app was on Product Hunt and it was like number three or four of the day. You can actually post small things on Product Hunt. Yeah. And you get like really good feedback from that, which is really nice. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about um, like cool products is it, um, how successful a product is has nothing to do with how big that particular solution is. It has everything to do with the amount of value that solution provides to the world. And so, uh, and, and the amount of value does not necessarily have uh, only correlate to the size of the solution. Um, and the money of the solution. I never made any mm. money from this. But if you think about it, it's hosted on Netlify. I also don't pay mm. anything for this. Yeah. Thank you, Netlify. Hi. Thank you, Netlify gods. Love Netlify. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, I, I think that's great advice, especially the build small things, because I often find myself um, having ambitious ideas and exciting, um, you know, uh, ideas for products that I want to build. And, and I, yeah, I definitely lose motivation after yeah. a little while when it takes a long time to, to build and I got to move on to other stuff. Um, but especially like if somebody wanted to learn, uh, green sock or something like that then to do animations and they could do I, I don't know you could make a simple app that is like an index of um you know mdn articles or something you know something that's just totally not the it's not technically hard to build and you just overcomplicate one aspect of yeah. it uh, for the purpose of learning yeah. uh that thing. also i think one good uh, idea so I, i'm gonna uh, sorry sorry i think one thing that i've started doing is to get huge tables out of wikipedia you get that huge table you make it into a json and you provide it in a fancy form to people and people get amazed by that mm. so i got a huge table out of wikipedia that was just all the tlds that exist in the world <laughs> made it into a website and made it like way nicer than wikipedia for example and you learn a lot by doing it you just overcomplicate the json file i think is honestly a good way of learning things is you mm -hmm. get a json file and you're like how can i make this super hard <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially like it'd be it, the, the nice thing about that too, is you don't have to worry about a whole bunch of, you know, <clears throat> like giant yeah. architectural decisions for how am I going to build the app? How am I going to structure the files? How am what I going to, whatever else, like what Babel plugins do I need to include? Yeah. 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 Just <clears throat> take something really simple 
and then think about what is the thing I want to learn yeah. and overcomplicate a That's part of the simple advice, thing really so that advice. you can learn that. Um, yeah. Also, if you want to like use that. a database and if you want to be real fast, yeah. I will suggest That's Airtable. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I used it. I tried to use it for something. Didn't really work out, but I was very impressed. It's very, very cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually pretty. Their API is pretty decent. You can also do it by just fetch calls instead of using their actual JavaScript API, mm. which is still callback based. So you can just use like normal axios or fetch calls and you can just put things and get things. And if you want a simple database, just want a list of stuff and you want people to be able to add to that list of stuff, it's actually way nicer than having to set up your own database. I think in my, that's, that's my opinion of what I used of, for example, we use uh, Airtable on code send, but we use Airtable for the feedback form that we have. And there was a time when we only supported Zite mm. 1 that we weren't sure how many people actually use Zite 2 that we had a thing that said like, for now we only support Zite 1. If you would like us to support Zite 2, please click the button below. And that would basically just put your username or uh, the, the timestamp if you were not si signed in into an air table. It would count the number of records and tell you 271 people want Zite 2. And when it reached like 300, mm. I was like, okay, I guess I need to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But it's also a nice way to get feedback from people is just to use a, an Airtable to do that. Makes sense. That's yeah, nice. yeah, for you, sure. You look, you look confusion. No, no, that uh, makes total sense. Um, yeah, Airtable is, is nice. And definitely anything is better than setting up your own database. So <laughs> for yes. real, I mean, maybe we've got some people. Because you can't deploy that to Netlify yet. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Maybe that's why. You know what? Um, <laughs> I actually was using Hasura the other day to set up my own GraphQL database, and I was very impressed. Uh, really easy to set it up on Heroku. Just click a couple buttons, and boom, I'm there. And I've got this GraphQL um, uh, endpoint. Super nice. Yeah, it was. I was pretty pretty pleased with that. So, anyway, like the web is moving towards the button directory. There was like a long time where it's like we made a CLI, and now it's moving towards let's just make a button. <laughs> Yeah, Where for people real. Click, like, and I'm like, seriously. oh my God, God bless. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah, for real. And I, I think that um, that's maybe part of the familiar easy thing too, is like people are like, oh yeah, I use the Git CLI all the time um, and it's way easy. I don't know why people don't, don't use that. Well, yeah, maybe it's easy because you've been using it for like multiple years. Um, but some people really want to have a UI because they don't even know what's possible. And, and the man page isn't, um, you know, isn't enough for them to, to figure out like, what's the difference between fetch and pull and, you know, and rebase and all of that stuff where if you just have a UI, it just simplifies things a lot, um, which actually like, quite honestly, most of our jobs as software developers is turning a spreadsheet yep. into a UI yep. uh, to make things Get easier. Get that JSON file so. and make it real fancy. <laughs> Yeah, I had this uh, this guy in one of my workshops yeah, yeah. that it was doing git pull and git fetch like without touching the command line, and he said like I just don't need the command line. I, I npm install and everything out of my they had a Windows computer, mm -hmm. and I was just amazed by that. I was like, I sat down, I was like, I want to see how you do this because I feel forced to use the like the, the terminal. So I don't have anything against the terminal, but it never uses it, and I find that amazing how people like. It was about my age, how people of the same age actually turned out in completely different paths and end up doing the same thing. Yeah, for real. So um, as we come down on our time here, Sarah, I just want to um, bring up a couple other things and then we can wrap up. So um, on every episode, we like to have a call to action for 
folks um, to improve themselves personally or professionally. So we talked about this and um, our call to action for you all audience is build something new um, using something new. So um, Sarah, you mentioned uh, using Svelte 3, which is kind of an interesting kind of newer um, framework as a compiler uh, type thing. It's pretty cool. Um, and uh, and actually, we, we had a, a double dose here. Also, remove the word easy from your vocabulary. Do you want to say anything about either of those? Uh, I want to say something that I think is very important is that if you think someone is, something is easy, try to teach it to a junior developer. If, if they say it's easy, like by, by junior, I mean someone who just finished the bootcamp or college, something like that, try and teach them that. And you will get... Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good... Makes sense? Yeah, yeah, that's a good test for whether it's easy. Uh, if it's truly easy, then it should be something that yeah. somebody can pick up really quickly who's who's not at all familiar. If, it's it, familiar. if it doesn't make yeah. sense to them, then it's that's, familiar. That's not, it's not thing. easy. So stop, stop trying yeah. to push the thing. Very people, good. people into thinking that something is easy unless you've actually battle test the fact that it's easy. <laughs> unless it's a button. If it's a button and you just click the button, then Absolutely. it's good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. All right, Sarah. So um, before we wrap up, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to bring up and, and tell our audience to do or not to do in the world? No, just be good humans. Be good humans. Help the other human trying to understand things when they, the other human doesn't really understand the thing. Do not judge the other human. The mm. other human is trying as hard as you are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> That's good advice. Um, so, Sarah, how, how do people uh, connect with you online if they want to follow up and keep up with what we're doing? Uh, so I use Twitter a lot. Uh, good, good amount. I don't know what a lot means, but a good amount. Uh, I am Nikita FTW on Twitter with two Ks. The first one was taken by the TV show. So that's something. Also, that's because <laughs> my parents wanted to call me Nikita, but you can't name Portuguese children names that are not Portuguese. So that never turned out. And now my name's Sarah. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Nikita FTW. Mm. And uh, that is that is about it. I have all my links on Twitter, so you can go from there. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. I hope that this was as fun for you as it was for me. Um, and thank you, Sarah, for uh, giving us some of your evening. Um, and I hope you enjoy the rest of it. I'm going to watch the Avengers. <laughs> it's oh, going to yeah. be great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having cool. me, Kent. All right. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye. See you, everybody.